0: Welcome to iTalk Audio, a podcast dedicated to the eye care industries and the trials and tribulations thereof. iTalk Audio is proudly sponsored by Hogstrike USA. Hogstrike is an industry leader in surgical microscopes. A brilliant fusing of Swiss optics, German engineering, and years of experience allow them to produce surgical microscopes, slit lamps, and ophthalmic diagnostics that exceed ophthalmic surgery needs and set future standards for optics, engineering, ergonomics, and imaging. Learn how you can work more efficiently and effectively with Hogstripe at hsmicroscopes.com. My name is Daryl Quinlan. I will be your host for this lovely episode. We have a fantastic guest with us today. Um, Again, my name is Daryl, and I've been working in the ophthalmic industry, helping out with marketing for seven, eight years now. Uh, With me today is also Mike Dobkowski, the owner of Glacial Multimedia. Mike, say hi. Hello, Daryl. And with us, our fantastic guest, it was, we have a gentleman who's been in the industry for many, many, many years, not trying to make him sound old by any means, but he's got a lot of experience, so we brought him on to kind of talk about today about the things that a lot of the, the, the profession faces, in particular, a lot of the practices. Um, he's developed a fantastic company, which he's going to go into and talk about, but without further ado, Rick Tiplady. Hello, sir. Hey, Hello. Hello. How are you both today? Fantastic, man. Um, so Good. we're here to talk about, or you're here to talk about today, uh, about the, the kind of company that you founded, seeing um, some opportunities in the industry. And so without further ado, why don't you give us just a little bit of background on what that is, and then we'll kind of dive into some of the more details of that. Okay.
1: Well, um, you know, my personal background or background? Yeah,
0: on- absolutely. Let's start there.
1: Okay. Well, I, you know, I think like a lot of people, I, I do have a lot of years in the industry. I started out as a pharma rep very early on with um, you know some antibiotic drops for the eye, and I kind of moved up the ladder, so to speak, through uh, extended wear soft lenses, you know, worked with ODs and MDs, off to uh, uh, actually operating room devices for eyes, so early emulsification devices, um, YAG lasers, vitroretinal equipment uh and it kind of ended up being uh, with Alcon and Alcon then launched me over to be one of the few guys that launched the VizX Excimer laser and that was the very well there were two lasers but one of the first two lasers for laser vision correction or LASIK as it's called now uh so I worked with uh I worked with them for a few years the company split off and uh I continued on with uh, Vizex uh, specifically until they were acquired. I then worked with a new uh, entry in the United States market, which was WaveLight, and uh, WaveLight has really become the market leader, you know, since then. And uh, I worked as a vice president of, uh, of marketing for WaveLight, uh, did some business development for them, and most recently, you know, employed wise I was a vice president of marketing for Vision Care, which is the company that has the implantable miniature telescope, uh, a great device for end uh, stage or age related AMD.
0: Brilliant. It going back and forth with with all of these. You obviously got made some pretty good relationships with both the doctors as well as folks at the practices that you were you were dealing with, and kind of knowing those ins and outs of how practices operate. Um, you kind of came up with an idea and said, hey, I think there's something out there that, that these practices can really benefit for benefit from. Um, and from my understanding, that's kind of where the idea originated and then you reached out to a couple people to kind of get it started. Am I correct in that?
1: Yeah, I. you know, back to the eczema laser business and we were involved with that. it was. I, I think everybody assumed uh, those eczema lasers when they were approved. Patients were just going to you know, just going to flock to craft right, <laughs> line two, uh, at the practices. Line up out the door, right. Uh, and, you know, line up out the door. And essentially that didn't happen. So very quickly uh, after selling, you know, somebody a doctor or a clinic a laser for a half a million dollars uh, and to enjoy the revenue that came from the treatments, we got into practice management or, you know, in the consumer industry, I guess you'd call that pull through. You know, how do you get it through that? I think what's important is uh, we worked with, when we developed those programs, we worked with both MDs and ODs, uh, and I had had some experience with ODs, as I mentioned earlier, in, in the uh, contact lens days, and this was the very first part of co-management. Well, I, I, I really liked it. Uh, we founded a thing called Visex University, which we did a couple times a year, and I was one of the keynote speakers at Visex University, um, and, you know, we very quickly saw the need for what I'd call non-clinical resources for these practices and uh, and things that uh, they weren't doing uh, or needed to do uh, to participate in a patient pay sector versus just the insurance or Medicare business.
0: And I think that's a a crucial part that a lot of people forget about when they start talking about the industry overall is, it's great to have the latest technology, the best eye drops possible, uh, utilizing the, the most advanced medications, But quite often, the practice side of it doesn't really get talked about in kind of the detail that I think it should. Running a successful practice, having all of the tools at your disposal, including having the right doctors in that practice, not only the techs, but the doctors and the actual staff to run that, becomes an amazingly important part that often gets overlooked.
1: Yeah, I think you know if I was going to make a parallel, it you know, be kind of like a claims office for an insurance, you know, for an insurance, a car insurance company versus somebody that goes out and sells car insurance. You know, uh, they're really two different things, though they're involved in the same thing. Right. You know, and and in in an ophthalmology, and optometry, you are very much used to, especially ophthalmologists, very much used to just you know waiting for the patients to come in and and say goodbye, and we'll build your insurance for it, and all of a sudden when they got into this. This other self-pay sector which I believe is going to continue to be there and is going to continue to increase with the changes in medicine that are that have been proposed especially will become you know even more important
2: so Rick tell us why or how did you come up with the concept for iPhysicians Network after all these years of experience being in a lot of these practices seeing how things functioned um, how did you put it all together
1: well, the very it kind of started out with the with the idea of I, I thought about doing some recruitment of uh, ophthalmologists and optometrists. Um, I thought about doing that and explored that for a while, and I basically found that there was kind of a you know kind of a hole in the industry that it had, had been you know done the old traditional way, where you pay about a ten percent fee of first year's compensation and place one of those people. That's usually paid for by the you know by the practice. And it just doesn't work all that well. And most of the most of the quote recruiting firms out there uh, do every specialty out there. They're recruiting everything from you know family practice people, dermatologists, ophthalmologists, optometrists, et cetera. So that was the very first idea uh, that I came up with. And as we went to launch it, we said, "Well, why don't we make it that part of something a little bit bigger?" And that's where we came we came up with the the ultimate resource. Uh, non clinical resource for eye physicians and practice managers. And uh, some of those things are, uh, which is a big part of our area, is a human resources area. You know, we know that uh, practices like companies, big or small, uh, need the resources of human resource people, though. Most of them can't afford to have a full-time human resource person on, on board that usually requires a couple hundred people or more. Uh, then we started looking at you know we started looking at some other things uh, as well. Um, I write a blog every month. Uh, my uh, co-conspirator, uh, co-founder, uh, Kelly Murphy, is just beginning to write her blog, uh, and uh, also then a guest blog as well. We've had a couple of those from the industry already.
2: Super. I noticed on the website, too, you mentioned wellness. That's something that you don't hear uh, people talk about much in the uh, practice environment. Uh, What was the ambition there, Rick?
1: Well, the idea behind wellness was really twofold, Um, patient wellness and physician wellness. And I'll uh, touch on them really quick. Um, Physician wellness is a very stressful job, Uh, a lot of hours. uh, Physicians have a high rate of depression and suicide. And uh, the idea was to, to explore that a little bit more, bring it out front and, you know, how to keep, uh, how to keep your, you know, your mental state in, in check. Um, the other side of it was patient wellness, as I mentioned, and patient wellness was don't we have kind of an obligation to perhaps look at these patients that come in with eye maladies a little, you know, a little more in depth? And uh, perhaps refer them off to the right person versus just saying, well, you should maybe see your internist because your blood pressure is too high. Right. Yeah, I, I, my, my little sample thing, just blood pressure, for example, there's a lot of practices that are taking blood pressure now. But there's still an awful lot that don't.
0: Yeah, and that kind of surprises me. Like the, the overall concept of wellness in, in any sort of medical practice, I think, is a is an idea that's starting to catch on more and really should. Just because you're there for a specialty doesn't mean that other parts can't be taken care of as well. Um Well Daryl, it might it might just be also, also. That that and I and I and I tell
1: my folks that you, you might be the only healthcare professional that these people see.
0: Absolutely, they just
1: don't see anybody else. And what you say to them about watching weight or cessation of smoking or whatever could be very very paramount to them because you're the only one that they actually see.
0: Yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed in the industry as well. I, I worked in um, for. Um, A a practice for a couple years. And one of the things that I noticed is that often when people go into a specialty, you're absolutely right. It is the only doctor they may have been seen in the past two, three, four, five years. And that's only because there was an issue. And part of it is obviously uh, economic or financial, but also part of it is people just have that mentality that unless there is an issue, I don't really need to go see the doctor. So you're absolutely right. I think that that is a crucial part that, that often gets overlooked.
1: Um, so we hope to we hope to explore that a little bit more as time goes on. I've got an advisor on my on my uh, board that that uh, is tuned into that and, and uh, it's a it's a real complex area, and we hope to see it start to develop here pretty soon
0: so iPhysicians, physicians you've taken on quite a bit um you you know you are offering h r solutions you're offering the um, resources to help hire doctors or doctors to get themselves hired. Um, you do a little bit of marketing, practice management solutions. You're taking on quite a bit to to assist the practices. Was that intentional, or did that just kind of grow over time?
1: Well, you know what we I, I think I think you got a twofold thing, um, and one is what you want to offer and what people want. And sure. we knew that we would probably you know start out with more areas to kind of see what the, you know, what the interest level was, what the web traffic is to the site, you know, the kind of questions that people are asking. Um, we're very active on LinkedIn and and the reception to articles and stuff we put out. So I think that will kind of, you know, it will kind of digest down to areas that are important and areas that aren't, you know, aren't necessarily, you know, needed or wanted.
0: So when, when the idea kind of, started and then you started reaching out to some folks. I know you reached out to, to Mike to kind of help build that foundation. As we all know, we completely live in a digital age now. Having a foundation for people to visit where the information is available is in- incredibly crucial. Um, so I know you and Mike worked together to help build that foundation. Uh, talk to me a little bit about those conversations because that's also a very crucial part is making sure that, that brick, the bricks and mortar in the digital world are completely solid that you, so you can build on in the future.
1: Well, yeah, you're exactly right. I uh, and I'd worked with Mike before in a, in another position than I had um, with with a company. So I so I knew Glacial's background and what they could do, and um, I sought them out not just for hey, I need a website, which I, I'm sure he hears all the time. But you know, what was it? And Mike challenged me right off the bat with, with what you know. Well, what are you trying to achieve, and who's your you know? Your target audience who's your sub you know audience and how are you going to find this out you know what other means of promoting it etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, so the websites beautiful we, we love it um, they have done the website for us and everybody that sees it just you know thinks it's just it's just great but um, you know there uh, there are challenges there I think you know I can still remember sitting having dinner with Mike one night and he said you know one of the biggest challenges you're gonna have is content and i kind of took that with a grain of salt yeah and uh uh and, and very quickly found that yeah content is you know it's really a bear you research an awful lot um because of the way google works with original content you really need to you know at least refabricate it and make it you know and make it ideal for your population that you're trying to reach rather than just you know quoting you know et cetera out of things but, you know, it's, I, I, I wrote down the notes, uh, you research, research, you read, read, and then you ask for permission. Another challenge is to getting people to submit, you know, um, and, uh, and then what they submit. But uh, back to Mike again, Glacial. Fortunately, Mike also told me which I was going to need and, and went back to him to get us. I, he provided me with a writer uh, that works for me part-time, and uh, that writer's just helped immensely with all
2: this stuff. I think that that was a key piece for iPhysicians Network because most people try to do all that, like, on their own, save a little money. I think Rick kind of stepped up in this case and was like, all right, I realize that there's going to be no content on this site if I don't right. get someone to do it. So he, um, I think that's gone quite well, Rick.
0: So that would be yeah, – It has. That's, obvi- that's an obvious challenge. Like, you have a great idea. You know that there's a need for it. Um, you start laying that foundation. But then, as you've discovered, because you, you also offer some, some marketing assistance to, to folks on the, on the site, um, that getting that word out is always not as easy sometimes as you like. So talk to us a little bit about some of those challenges of trying to get that word out, making sure that people understand your true, the true message of what you're trying to do and the assistance that you're providing.
1: Well, you know, you're right. That's really a challenge. I mean, I, I, you know, I love the quote that you know you build a business overnight. Um, sometimes overnight is 750 days. That <laughs> um, it just takes a you know it just takes a long, long, long time. And certainly, the digital age helps, but then it's a it's a playground that um, you have to be you know precise and spend money on. Um, as far as the, you know the individual areas, one of the things that I wanted to do in the very beginning was was direct people to people who could get it done versus trying to be the all and get it done myself. And we've actually made even more corrections to that lately, especially with the HR area, for example. So what I, what I like, or what I want, is like Mike recently wrote a blog, I want people then to be, to be motivated by that blog or get their interest you know, peaked and, con- and contact a good provider like Glacial, uh, for example, to get that done. I work with Christine Lapointe, who's known pretty well in the industry for practice management. Christine and I have worked together for a long, long, long time. And uh, again, the idea is to have the content there, create the interest via the blog or a podcast, and then you know, and then basically refer that business off to to her or other specialists. Uh, even in, you know, even I keep mentioning coming back to HR, which is a big part, but we obviously can't be the end all for all things that are required for HR. Right. It's not as if we can just be an HR, you know, division in a can, but uh, refers, you know, refer out to HR specialists.
0: And I think at the end of the day, one of the things that I've always really enjoyed about the, the industry is that at at its core, it really is an industry that is out to help people, not only the patients that are seen, but also the other the other physicians, the other practices, the the industries that get built up around the industry. At its core, everybody just really wants to help and make everybody successful and succeed the best way that they can. Um, so as we kind of wind this down a little bit here, um, are, is there, We'll obviously mention the website, which is ifysiciansnetwork.com, uh, all spelled out, all put together, um, and feel free to mention that again at the end. But is there anything that you've learned in the past couple of years that you just kind of want to mention out there as a, as a final challenge or encouragement to people that might be listening?
1: Well, for, I, you know, I, I would say I think it's a lot of work. It's probably a lot more work um and you're and you're tested with things that you that you haven't been before i mean even it seems like simple go down and open a bank account and then you know they want to know if it's a business account and once it's a business account do you want the ability to take credit cards you know do you you want this protection etc and you can take almost everything we've been involved with and it goes much much deeper i think it's pretty rewarding i i like writing i like uh like doing things like this uh, et cetera and then see and i and i really love the industry um, I've even done mission work in the industry, um, which we're going to do a little feature on as, as uh, time goes by here. Uh, I was able to do four mission trips and see how iWorld works around uh, the world. In this particular case, it was a third world country and meet foreign uh, physicians that were there, etc. cetera. Um, I think we have a little bit of a challenge. We're really some of the first people to combine MD and OD, and I knew I would get challenged with it. I call it eye physician network. I knew some people wouldn't be happy with that, but um, I got to the point, I I just thought that there's, you know, there's so much need. um, You know, most busy practices have both MDs and ODs and are looking for each one. Uh, So on our career board, for example, we have both MD, OD, and, and actually practice managers as well. And I think as time goes on, you'll see a transition there. You might see a busy practice. I mean, you, see, you might see a successful, I'm sorry, you know, practice manager from an OD, OD practice going to an MD practice or, you know, or vice versa. Right. But, um, you know, as, as time goes on, i you know, you mentioned, you know, I have a co-collaborator. It's Kelly Murphy that actually does my, my HR area. I, I met Kelly when we were uh, in junior high school, and then I lost contact with her for a long, long time she's been a wheel and big wheel in h r for a long time, companies like Nike and Microsoft.
0: and yeah, and we Google hope to we hope to actually get her on on this podcast uh, just to just to talk about the h r component at some point in the future.
1: Yeah, so she's been a huge help in helping me you know kind of take on and overcome those obstacles. and so I, I, yeah, maybe that's the last thing I'd say is yeah, it really helps to have somebody to partner with.
0: absolutely uh,
1: it, it really does, just if nothing for sound and stuff off.
0: Well, Rick, we cannot thank you enough for taking a little bit of your time today to sit down and talk with us about the good work that you're doing and just about the practices and the, the industry overall. So I do appreciate it.
1: Okay. Well, thanks very much. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. I hope you do it again sometime.
0: Absolutely. We'll have you back on, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about the mission work that you've been doing. Great. Awesome. Thank you very much, and from all of us, have a great day. I talk audio is sponsored ...by Curious Conversations Marketing. Curious Conversations Marketing believes in the power of story. They help businesses just like yours tell their story in their way, with their words. Curious Conversations uses the digital world to tell the story of your business. From the people to the product, let Curious Conversations assist you in telling the story of your business. Focused in the digital realm, from social media, reviews, and reputation management, an overall online presence, to creating, recording, and hosting podcasts just like this one. Learn more at CuriousConversationsMarketing.com.